The Lord Jesus has called us to be his disciples. A disciple is not only a learner but an adherent, a fully devoted follower whose desire is to be absolutely like his master. In this message we discover the five marks that Jesus mentioned which would characterize those who would be his disciples. When we began this year we said that there are three areas of focus that we will have this year. Um, the first area of focus is discipleship. We're going to spend a lot of time talking about discipleship and what it's all about. And then later on, we'll spend some time on the subject of healing. And towards the end of the year, we'll spend some time talking about the Holy Spirit. And we just want to dwell on these three topics during the course of this year. So, we'll be spending several weeks on the subject of discipleship, of being disciples of Jesus Christ and being and making disciples. Let's begin by reading Matthew the 28th chapter verses 19 and 20. Jesus said in his final statements to his disciples, he said, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Jesus, you know, he had these 12 disciples to begin with, and that grew. Uh, they, they were spent time with him. They walked with him, journeyed with him for about three years. But during the course of the time, the number of disciples increased. Maybe they grew up to another 70 and more people who followed Jesus. After his death, burial, and resurrection, he gives them this command. He says, I want you to go and make disciples of all nations. There are three important points I want us to bring out from this this passage of scripture, these two verses. First, is that we are called to be disciples. We are called to be disciples. You know, we are not called just to be disciples. Names say Christians. What's your name? My name is Mary. My name is John, Matthew, Mark, Luke. You know, just names say Christian. That's not what we're called to. We're not called to be some religious people. You know, what's your religion? Oh, I'm a Christian. I go to church every Sunday. We're not called to do that. We're not called just to be believers either. You know, I just believe in Jesus. I'm going to go to heaven. I've got, you know, I'm secure. My eternity is secure. I'm just going to go to heaven. It's beyond that. We are called to be disciples. Amen? And I sincerely hope that all of us sitting here have that intention. I'm here to be a disciple. Now, we all begin at ground zero. We all begin the same way. That means, and I'm not sure what this is all about. I'll go check it out, what these people are doing here. Now, some of us might be here like that. I'm not sure, you know, what it is. We all begin the same way. But with the passage of time, we should go from, you know, I'm just going to attend church. I just believe in Jesus to saying, I am a disciple of Jesus Christ. Because that's what he wants. He he has called all of us to be disciples. Number two is this, disciples are made. He said, go and make disciples. So disciples are made. None of us become disciples instantaneously. None of us overnight go from, you know, 
just not knowing what all this is about to becoming perfect disciples. No, it's a process. We, we go through this. There is a formation process. There is a process by which there is, there is time and there is effort that's involved for us to develop into being disciples. Disciples are made. He said, go and make disciples. And number three, Jesus intends for disciples to make more disciples. So if you're a disciple, then he wants you to be making more disciples. That's the command he gave. He told them, go and make disciples. So really, you know, in this time and age that we're living in, we are here to become disciples and to make disciples. That's what this is all about. We are becoming disciples and we are making disciples. Now the word disciple, the literal meaning, the the meaning of the word disciple, at a very basic level it means a learner, a student, a pupil, somebody, an apprentice, somebody who is sitting and, and learning from the teacher. So that's disciple at a very basic level. I'm a learner. I'm learning from this person. He's my teacher. He's my instructor. He's my guru. He's my master. He's guiding me. So a disciple at a very basic level is a learner, a student. But in the understanding of the New Testament and in in what Jesus refers to as being a disciple, it's more than just being a student. It's more than just being somebody who learns everything. It is becoming a devoted, committed follower of Jesus to the point where you become an imitator of the master. That means as a disciple, your goal, your intent, your objective is to be like your master. So who is a disciple? Someone who's a devoted, completely, fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ, whose goal is to become like Jesus. That's a disciple. And that's important because there are a lot of people who learn a few things about what Jesus said. They can quote, Jesus said, blessed are the meek, blessed are the poor in spirit. They can quote a few things that Jesus said. That does not make them a disciple. There are others who really studied everything that Jesus said and they can probably quote everything that Jesus said. That still does not make them a disciple. Because a disciple goes beyond just learning what the teacher says. A disciple says, I am committed to my teacher to the point where my desire is to be like him. It's not enough to know what he said. That doesn't make you a disciple. Does it, make, does it make me a disciple? I'm a committed follower of Jesus Christ to the point where I say, I want to be like Jesus. That's a disciple. So over the next several weeks, we want to explore this subject of what does it mean to become a disciple and how do I make disciples? How do I win other people and, and help them become disciples of Jesus Christ? We want to explore this in, in the Bible. So this morning, I want to us to begin by talking about the marks of a disciple. The marks of a disciple, the traits, the characteristics of a disciple. And we will go straight to the master. And we will listen to five characteristics, five traits 
that the master, that the Lord Jesus said, would be found in people whom he would call as disciples. So this is not the APC standard of being a disciple. Amen? This is not the Baptist standard or the Methodist standard, the Pentecostal standard. We're going straight to the master. His standard. Amen? What did the master say? would characterize those people who he would call his disciples. There are five traits that we're going to look at this morning. The identifying marks of a disciple. Number one, and these are in no particular order of importance. These are just five of the things Jesus said. So I believe they're all equally important. They all work simultaneously in our lives. But I'm just giving it to you one after the other. Number one, as a disciple, I obey or remain in his words. Jesus said in John, the 8th chapter, verse 31. If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. If you abide in my words, then you are truly my disciples. That means I must remain. I must settle in. I must be committed to the word of the Lord. To the word of God. Amen? That means I need to know what's in the Bible first. Amen? So, if I take out my Bible once a year, dust it before Christmas Day. (laughs) I may have a Christian name. I may be born in the Christian religion. But it's a question whether I am a disciple or not. Because I need to know the word. He said, if you remain in my word, then you are my disciples. Indeed, you're truly my disciples. So it's not about, not about being committed to a denomination. It's not about being committed to a, some sort of a system. It's being committed to the word of God. Amen? This is it. If you remain, if you abide, if you continue, if you're committed to my word, then you are my disciples. But then, this commitment to the word is not just to the point of reading the word. It goes beyond that. I must do the words. Amen? So, when I go to office on Monday, or you go to school or college, or wherever you are, maybe you go on Monday... Let's say you go to the office and uh, you've got your peers. They say, man, let's, let's teach our boss a lesson. Let's mess him up this week. You know, do something. Rebel against him. Now, you are a disciple of Jesus Christ right there. And in that place, you say, you know what? What those guys are saying, they may want to do it. But for me, the word of God says, I have to honor those who are in authority over me. And I will not partake or participate in that. What are you doing? You are abiding in the word. That's a mark that you are a disciple of Jesus Christ. But if you go join the rest of them, do all of that, and come Sunday morning singing hallelujah. You may look like a disciple, but Jesus doesn't think so. Because he says, if you remain in my words, then... You are my disciple indeed. 
And the benefit of remaining in the word, he says in verse 32, you will know the truth and the truth will set you. So true disciples are really free people. Amen? They're really free because they're abiding in this truth and the truth's liberating them in various areas of their lives. They are committed to the word of God. The second mark of a disciple is as a disciple, I walk in love just as I am loved. In John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35, Jesus said, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. How will people know your disciples? Because you got a Hebrew name, a Greek name, our New Testament name, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. By this, verse 34, verse 35, by this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. He said, this is my commandment. This is my expectation. This is what I want you to do. I want you to love others just the way you have been loved. You know, when we Christians are the funniest people. Why? Because we tell somebody, you know, if you, love, if you believe in Jesus, your sins will be forgiven. You'll be clean in God's eyes. So they accept the message, they believe, and they're clean in the eyes of God. But suddenly, they don't become clean enough for us. Huh? Because we start finding all the faults. Listen, if someone is clean enough for God, then he is clean enough for you and me. Amen? We are more judgmental than God. We tell somebody, you know, you believe in Jesus, you'll be forgiven. We don't forgive. So God forgets all the wrongdoings. But don't worry, I have an account. I've kept a record. So even if God forgets, I'll remind God. So we Christians continue to keep an account of the wrong that's been done. And we set our own standards of what a Christian ought to look like, smell like, behave like, eat like, drink like, sleep like. And if people don't match those standards, for us, they're not Christians. For God, God's taking care of them. For us, they're not. But that's not the way we are loved by God. And Jesus' requirement is you love others the way you have been loved. So a mark of a disciple is they are able to walk in the love of God. And what is the love of God? The love of God forgives. The love of God holds no account of the wrong done to it. The love of God is kind. The love of God is patient. The love of God is not irritable. The love of God is not proud or arrogant. And we walk in that love. And that's what marks us as disciples of Jesus Christ. Amen? I know we're not there yet. But as a person who wants to be a disciple of Jesus I got to open up my heart, my life, and say, God, please work in these areas. I'm unable to love. I'm unable to forgive. I'm unable to be patient. I'm unable to be kind in these areas. God, work in me because my goal is to be a disciple. And as a disciple, I ought to love as I am loved by God. Amen? 
The third mark that Jesus said is this. He said, as a disciple, I perceive fruitfulness in life. In John 15 and verse 8, Jesus said, By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. He said, my Father is glorified in this, when you bear much fruit. And this is how you will be my disciples. So increasing fruitfulness is a mark, is a trait of me being a disciple of Jesus. Some of us are afraid of fruitfulness. You know, I'll have two grapes, that's enough. I'm sorry. But Jesus doesn't want that. He wants you to be having bunches and bunches of grapes. He wants you to be fruitful all the time. Amen? Let's change our thinking. Our thinking is very small. Our thinking is very confined, very limited, very human. But he says, by this my Father is glorified. If you bear much fruit, and that's also what will mark you as a disciple, being very fruitful in what you're doing. Amen? So don't be afraid of fruitfulness. That marks you as a disciple of Jesus Christ. Now in that same chapter in John 15, the prior verses, verses 1 through 7, Jesus talks about the fact that He is the wine and we are branches on the wine and His life is flowing in us. And the Father is the gardener. He takes care of all of these things. And so really, you know, Jesus is the wine. His life is flowing in us. We are branches on the wine. We're the fruit-bearing part of the wine. The fruit has to come out through our lives. And so Jesus says, the more fruit you bear, that's evidence that you are my disciple. Amen? And what is that fruit? It's the expression of what Jesus is doing in us. And the fruit that you may bear is very different from the fruit that I may bear or somebody else may bear because we bear according to what God has called us to do in life. What I'm called to do may be very different from what you're called to do and what the person next to you is called to do. But each one of us, wherever we are and whatever we're called to do, we keep on increasing in that. And he says, that's evidence that you're my disciple. Amen? And uh, one of the ways fruitfulness happens in our lives, in verse 2 of John 15, he said, Every branch in me that bears fruit, he prunes it, that it may bring forth more fruit. So how do you become more fruitful? By pruning. You know, I don't know too much about gardening, but you know, the little bit that I know, you know how these rose plants and the end, end of these rose plants get dried up? And what do you do? You take those, those scissors and you cut them off. That's called pruning. You cut off the unnecessary dead parts. They don't need any more fruit. They, I mean, they don't need any more nourishment. You cut them off so that this plant can bear more flowers. So that's pruning in our lives. He, he continuously trims off the unnecessary things in our lives so that we can be more fruitful. And look what Jesus said, every branch that is bearing fruit, what does he do? He prunes it so it can bring forth more fruits. So if you are fruitful, be happy, but be ready for pruning. 
He's going to prune it so you can be more fruitful. Make you increase your fruitfulness. So in the kingdom of God, you want to be more fruitful? Get ready for more? Pruning. Cutting off the unnecessary things is what pruning is. But he said, if you will be more fruitful, bear more fruit, increase in, in what he is doing through your life, that's a sign that you are his disciple. And the Father is glorified through increased fruitfulness. So there is nothing wrong in praying for increase. In fact, you should be praying for increase. God, increase what you're doing in me. Increase what you're doing through me. Say, no, I'm happy to just have my little, little thing here and do this little thing. I mean, that's fine. I mean, it's good, to, that's, it's good to be content, but not to the point where you say, don't want to increase. No, pray for more. Because he said, his father is glorified when you bear more fruits in your life. Amen? So pray. Say, God, increase what you're doing through my life for your own glory. Number four, what is a characteristic or a trait or a mark, an identifying mark of a disciple? Number four, as a disciple, I endeavor to be like Jesus. In Matthew 10, verse 24 and 25, Jesus said, A disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for a disciple that he be like his teacher and a servant like his master. He said, it is enough. This is sufficient. This is all I'm asking. That a disciple be like his teacher. It is sufficient. I'll come back to the remaining verse 20, uh, verse 25, the next point. As a disciple... I am called to be like my teacher. So this is an identifying mark of a disciple. He's like his teacher. In Luke, the sixth chapter, the 40th verse, Jesus said, he repeats the same thing and he just adds some more to it. A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher. A disciple is not greater than his teacher. But everyone, that means all of us have the same opportunity to be disciples. Everyone who is perfectly trained. You say, okay, which college must I join to get perfectly? You can apply to APC Bible College, but, <laughs> but we don't guarantee you perfect training. Everyone who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher, master. That perfect training is something very personal. It's something that the Lord takes you through. Amen? It's not like God has this big manufacturing plant. He takes all these slums of clay and puts them all through the same process. Now they come perfectly trained. No. It's very individual. For each one, he knows how to perfectly train us. 
but all of us are called to yield to that perfect training and everyone who's perfectly trained by the master by the teacher by walking with him listening to him yielding to him everyone who's perfectly trained by the master will eventually end up being like the master and that's a disciple a disciple eels himself or eels herself to this perfect training that the master has for his or her life so that at the end of it they can come out being like the master amen so what's the sign of being a disciple you're in that process you're becoming like the master you're being changed to be like him be like him and the way he walked with the father he walked in obedience to the father be like him and the way he related to people he related to all kinds of people he loved them he forgave them be like him uh, in in the power of god and healing the sick and casting out devils and doing the works of jesus be like him in every facet of life be like him that's a disciple and i know all of us are not there but as long as we're making the journey we're yielding ourselves to the perfect training that he has for us we're on our way to becoming like him that's his, that's a disciple the new testament in the four gospels we see that the 12 disciples and the others who joined them interestingly when you come into the book of acts all the believers in the book of acts are called disciples over and over and over again you'll use you'll find the word disciples not believers the disciples the disciples the disciples the disciples believers were called as disciples because they were 100% committed to being like jesus you got to be like him it's interesting to see thereafter in the epistles and the letters the same thought being brought about in first corinthians chapter 11 verse 1 the apostle paul says imitate me just as i also imitate christ So he writes to the Corinthians. Now the Corinthians were believers who came out of all kinds of pagan practices, who gave up, uh, you know, immoral lifestyles, idolatry, and all kinds of other things, and they've come to embrace this faith in Jesus Christ. And what does Paul tell them? He says, you know, you got to follow the, you know, this is what you need to do: imitate me, because I imitate Jesus. He says, Corinthians, our standard is Jesus Christ. Amen. Imitate me as I imitate Jesus. The apostle Paul, John writes in his epistle in 1 John 2 and verse 6 he says he who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. If you say you're abiding in Jesus then you got to walk as Jesus walked. You got to live as Jesus lived. That's the standard. So the New Testament called every disciple to be like Jesus. They said this is our standard, we got to walk like him, be like him, live like him. That's what makes us disciples of Jesus Christ. The last point, the last characteristic of being a disciple is this. As a disciple, I carry my cross. The cross represents the place of sacrifice. It represents a place of suffering, it represents a place of separation from the world. And as a disciple I must carry my cross. I cannot be a disciple if I do not carry 
the cross. This is how Jesus put it. We look at two passages of scripture. One from Matthew 16 and verse 24. Jesus said to his disciples. If anyone desires to come after me. You, you want to be my follower. You want to be a disciple. Let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. You want to be my disciple? Deny yourself, take your cross up, follow me. In Luke, the 14th chapter, verses 26, 27, and 33, Jesus put it like this. He said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. This is not a good way to increase membership. He says, you want to come, follow me. Here's the, here's the deal. You've got to be willing to hate your father and mother, your wife, your children, your own life. Then you can be my disciple. Goes on verse 27. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. And verse 33 says, Likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my. Wow. Do I really want to be a disciple? He says, if you don't hate your father, mother, your wife, your children, your own life, you can't be my disciple. If you don't take up your cross and follow me daily, you can't be my disciple. I was the last one here. If you do not Forsake everything. You cannot be my disciple. So what you saying? What he's saying is this. And if you want to be my disciple, your whole heart is so devoted to me, you're willing to let go of anything. Father, mother, wife, children, your own life. You're willing to forsake everything. And you're willing to take up your cross, which means you're willing to make sacrifice. You're willing to suffer, even if people ridicule you, like what he, what he said in Matthew 10, 25. If they call me the house of Beelzebub, then what will they call you? That you're willing to be called all kinds of things for my sake. You're willing to sacrifice, you're willing to suffer, and you're willing to be separated from the things of this world. That's what the cross represents. So if you're not... If you, want, if you want to be my disciple, this is where your heart's got to be. Your heart's got to be totally devoted to me, willing to let go of everything else. Come after me. That does not mean that you go home, sell your car, vacate your house, <laughs> and live on the streets and say, I've left everything, I'm a disciple. That's not what it means. Please, stay home, you know. <laughs> What it does mean is that you do whatever God's called you to do, but your heart is always ready. So that when He does call you to do something that disrupts what you have, when He does call you to make, to, which, which call, 
costs something, there's a sacrifice involved when he does call you where you've got to suffer, endure some hardship, when he does call you when you need to separate yourself even from things that may seem necessary, you are more than willing to do it. You count it an honor because you're doing it for your master. That's being a disciple. Amen. And I... I understand we are living in a lot of comfort here in the city of Bangalore. We got nice homes, we got nice cars, we go to the malls, air-conditioned malls, and we complain if the AC doesn't work a little bit. We, we live in a lot of comfort. But the danger is we get so accustomed to these comforts that when God is calling us to do something, we choose comfort instead of sacrifice. That's the danger. That's when you risk not walking the walk of a disciple. We choose ease instead of some discomforts. One of the things I struggled with recently in December and Jan was this whole thing about what we were planning to do in 2013. Two major things we were planning to do in 2013 was the equip conferences we're going to hold across North India, eight of them in various places. And then in addition to that, the level ground, the pastors conferences, we're going to take it to four other locations across North India. And I was struggling with it so much because I said, God, you know, if we leave those two things out, ministry would be so comfortable. Everything is all so set in Bangalore. All these five locations, there are people helping and everything is happening. It was so nice. But to go to these places, to travel to these places, requires liberal sacrifice. It disrupts, you know, the nice schedule you have. Comfortable bed you can sleep on. Because when you go to these places, you stay in whatever, you know, might, I don't know where you're going to stay. It might be some room, somewhere, whatever. You stay there. Might be, you know, difficult things, uncomfortable, all that. So I said, God, just leave that out. It'll be so comfortable. So ministry will be so easy. Just do the things you have to do. It all comes automatic. No. And so I was struggling with it. Between comfort and sacrifice. What we're doing right now in Bangalore is so comfortable. So many people to help. Everything happens. It's so easy. But to stretch and do these other things is going to be tough. What will I choose? Between being at home and going out to do ministry, what will I choose? Being, taking, doing what is so easy to taking risks, what will I choose? I said, okay, God, no matter what it costs, I'm going to go. The people we're going to go minister to are not all these big fancy people. They are uh, the students who will be coming to these equip conference are actually two young people from these districts. 
We're not doing it for fame. We're not doing it for name. We're doing it to equip them because they will then take the message of Jesus Christ into parts of our nation where we would never go. They'll sit there for three days. They won't even know your name. But they'll soak up everything from the word of God. Amen? So I struggled with it. I said, doesn't matter. Whatever sacrifice, whatever it's going to cost, whatever, how uncomfortable, uh, doesn't matter how much it's going to disrupt the whole year, doesn't matter. We'll go do it. Amen? We'll do it. And I wonder if you and I are so comfortable in our Christianity. We come Sunday to church, sit in a nice auditorium. Yeah, it's a little warm now and then. It's okay. Parking might be a little difficult some Sundays. But other than that, there is no great persecution we suffer. No other hardship. No other difficulty that we endure for the sake of Jesus Christ. Our Christian lives become very comfortable. Question is, a disciple carries his cross or her cross. Amen? I'm not saying, don't, don't misunderstand me. Do whatever, whatever you're doing. What I'm saying is, if he calls you to do something that requires you to forsake all, that requires you to take up the cross, that requires a sacrifice, that requires a little bit of suffering, that requires a little separation, will you go that step? Will you go that extra mile? That's the true test of a disciple. Amen? So what are the five marks of a disciple? Let's ask ourselves these questions. Am I walking in his word? Jesus said, if if you remain in my word, then you're my disciples indeed. Some of us need to start reading the word. Do it every day. Not only read the word, but walk in it. Am I walking in love? The God kind of love. I'm not talking about the ooey-gooey kind of love. I'm talking about the God kind of love. Are you forgiving people? Are you being kind? Are you being gentle? Are you being patient? Are you looking at people through the eyes of God? If they're clean enough for God, they ought to be clean enough for you. If they're forgiven by God, they ought to be forgiven by you. If God is patient with them in spite of all their you know, uh, uh, flaws, why can't you and I be patient still? Am I walking in love? He said, by this people will know that you're my disciples if you walk in love. Am I walking in fruitfulness? Is, is, is fruitfulness increasing in my life? If not, you need to ask the Lord. Say, God, increase it. Because he said, I want you to bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Am I walking in Christ's likeness? He said, it's enough for the disciple to be like the master. Am I becoming more and more like Jesus? Is who Jesus is being embodied in who I am? That's the call. Of a disciple. Am I walking the way of the cross? I'm willing. Am I willing? To forsake all? Am I willing? To go through some sacrifice. Some suffering. And some separation. In order to follow Jesus Christ. Amen. I want us to take a few moments please. To just reflect on what we've heard. And just respond to the Lord. Based on the word of God. This morning, we're not here just to attend church, just to be nice religious Christians. 
We are here to be disciples of Jesus. I know we are not there yet. We are all in the process. We are all being formed and shaped and molded and being pruned and being corrected and worked upon by the Lord. But if our goal is clear, if we know what we are working towards, if we know where we have to press in, then we can co-labor with God and make this journey. So as you stand here this morning, would you please take a few moments just to pray and say, God, I heard what a true disciple would look like. He'd be somebody who abides by the words. He'd be somebody who walks in love even as he's being loved. He'd be somebody who's just being more and more fruitful in their lives. He'd be somebody who's embodying what Jesus is like in every area of life. And he'll be somebody who's willing to let everything go. Forsake all. Take up the cross. And follow Jesus. Lord, I'm, I know I'm not there yet. But these are the areas I need to work on. I welcome you, God. Would you pray, please? You know the areas of your own heart. You know the areas of your own life. Where you need his help. But you need his grace, but you need his strength. And say, God, help me become a disciple. Not just a Christian, not just a believer, not just somebody who goes to church. Not somebody who follows Jesus religiously because they've been born into some system. But somebody whose heart is fully devoted to the master. And who's pressing in to be like him. Will you take this few moments, please, just to pray? Also, if there's anyone here, you've never opened your heart to Jesus, you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you may, never made a decision in your heart that you want to be a disciple of Jesus, maybe you've attended church many times, many Maybe you even have a Christian name. Maybe you were sprinkled as a baby in church. and They called it baptism. It doesn't matter what's been done. But if you have in your heart not made a decision to be a disciple of Jesus, would you this morning say, God, I'd make the choice to believe in Jesus. And not only to believe in Him, but to become a disciple. Would you pray that in your own heart? Ask your own decision between you and the Lord. And Lord Jesus, this morning, I'm praying that from this moment on, I will be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Let's take this few moments just to wait on the Lord, please. Father, we just thank you that you've seen every heart, you've heard every prayer, you've, made every, you've seen every resolve that was made this morning, God. We pray for the empowering work of your Holy Spirit in each of our lives, that truly, Lord, we will pursue, we will walk this walk of being disciples of Jesus.
not by our own strength or our own ability, Lord, but by the strength and the empowering of the Holy Spirit. That when people see us, they will say, He is and she is a disciple of Jesus Christ. They will mark us out as devoted followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, in those moments, when each one of us will have to pay the price, when each one of us will have to carry a cross, when each one of us will have to say no to the affections, the comforts, the luxuries of this world and choose, Lord, to sacrifice, to take risks, to go beyond ourselves. Lord, may, we, may you find us faithful. May you find us choosing or making the right choice and paying the price. We thank you, Lord. We just pray that as we go forth from this place, you will be glorified in all of our lives. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's close. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. The Lord be gracious to you and release divine favor upon you and give you his peace. In Jesus' name. Everyone said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Be disciples and make disciples. Amen. God bless you. We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also, visit our website www.abcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.